You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after game two of the National League Division Series. And that was a lot more like it for the Atlanta Braves. They got the great pitching. They got the timely hitting. They got the defense. It was pretty much all systems go for Atlanta to even this series up at a game apiece as the Braves beat the Phillies by a 3-0 final score. We've got all kinds of great stuff to get into on this show as we recap this game and, of course, get you ready for game three, which will be happening on Friday. Before we get started with any of that, though, I want to remind you to subscribe here on YouTube to Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Also, make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Jake, this was a game in which where the Braves could look back at game one and say they didn't get the big hit. Maybe they didn't make some plays. Maybe they didn't get the starting pitching performance they wanted. None of those things were true in game two. In fact, it was pretty much the polar opposite. It was. You mentioned it. They checked all the boxings, you know, timely hitting, great pitching, great defense. Yeah. I mean, they really did it all in this one in a tough matchup and pretty much a must win game. I'm not saying the Braves couldn't have won three in a row against this Phillies team. I think they're certainly capable, but certainly did not want to have that be the case in the scenario they were in. So came out polar opposites from what it, what it was in game one. They got those big hits. They got the great plays and most importantly, got a great performance from Kyle Wright. Yeah, and most importantly, on top of all of that, in the bigger picture of things, they got that win because you are right. They are capable of winning three games in a row, but why have your backs to the wall heading into enemy territory if you can you know, come out and do what the Braves have done all year long, which has proved to be a very resilient club? They've tied up the National League Division Series at a game apiece. Let's go through the particulars of this one. Game two goes to the Braves by that 3 nothing final score, and thus the Phillies shut out on three hits, no errors, four men left aboard. Braves with three runs on four hits. They all came, the runs, that is, in the sixth inning in a two-out rally. We're going to get all into in a moment. No errors for the Braves. A couple of great plays we'll talk about. Four men left on base for Atlanta. Kyle Wright picking up the win. He's 1-0. Zach Wheeler takes the loss, obviously, 0-1. Kinley Jansen, his first save of the postseason. Two hours, 48 minutes, Jake, was the time of game. Two hours, 55 minutes was the time of delay, but it did not force the 42,735 fans that paid for tickets to see it to leave and go anywhere. The atmosphere was electric, and it was a long day, but as it turned out for the Braves, maybe a a twist of good fortune for them to get to play under the lights at Truist Park. Like, it shouldn't affect the outcome of the game, what time of day you play, but certainly the atmosphere at Truist Park from a day game to a night game, you know, is much different. I think you could feel that, you know, in tonight's game. So certainly was great. It's unfortunate that it took, you know, Mother Nature in order for the Braves to get a primetime game on the NLDS. It should not come to that, but, you know, I've been over that. But certainly Braves are ready to go. And we talked about it, the resiliency of this team. Look, we knew they weren't going to let game one linger too much in their minds they came out and against Zach Wheeler a really good pitcher mm-hmm. but luckily Kyle Wright able to match him frame for frame until the offense was able to get something going there so again no questioning the mentality of this team you know they were going to come right back out and go to work and that's exactly what they were able to do you know Brian Snitker has talked glowingly about Kyle Wright and just how proud he is of what this kid has done what he's accomplished and you know, I talked to Kyle yesterday and, and asked him, you know, what has this been like, you know, playing with some of these guys coming up and the whole journey of being part of the 2018 team, making his big league debut that year, being around a little bit in 2019. Then, of course, 2020, he did get a little bit of postseason, uh, you know, play. One of those starts went great. 
The other one did not go great at all. In 2021, we've talked about his odyssey from Atlanta to Gwinnett, spent a lot of time in AAA, came back. Then he's on the biggest stage, Jake, getting some of the biggest outs with his performance in the World Series last year. Then he comes into 2022 and puts it all together. 21-game winner, the only 20-game winner in the majors this year. And he went out and gave you a little bit of a reminder, maybe a refresher course in what had made him so good this year. He was commanding his curveball. His fastball looked great. Six innings pitched, just two hits, one walk. Scoreless, obviously, is a brave shutout to Philly. Six strikeouts for him and some big ones with runners on base as well, Jake. I just felt like Kyle Wright, he knew the moment. He didn't let it get too big for him. But when it was time to step up and make those big pitches, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he executed his plan. He did, and it's all about execution. And look, that's what Max Fried said. And whether Max Fried was himself or not in game one, I tend to believe he he wasn't, that he wasn't full at full strength. But bottom line, he didn't execute. And Kyle Wright went out there in this game and he did execute. He he was able to command those pitches, get that weak contact, only 83 pitches. Look, if it was a regular season game, he may have gone seven, eight innings yeah. in this one. I mean, he was that good and that efficient, 52 strikes in those 83 pitches. And really, you know, he had the three base runners, only one stressful inning. He gave up a leadoff double to Harper mm -hmm. in that second inning, you know, got a line out in the next batter and then, you know, was able to work his way out of that inning. Other than that, you know, there really you know, wasn't a ton of traffic, not a lot of stressful pitches for him. What I loved is he went to that curveball, 38 curveballs in this one. You know, that's his pitch. And, you know, you're in the biggest spot, you know, the biggest stage. Go with what got you here, what's made you so successful. And he went to that curveball early and often. So he stepped up. Look, there are people questioning whether or not, you know, Kyle Wright was going to be able to step up in this type of performance. I think some people forget what he did in that World Series last year and came in in the biggest situation, stressful situation with runners on base, yeah. the situation that he came in into and was able to limit the damage there and then pitch really well the rest of the game. So look, Kyle Wright, maybe more than anybody has gained so much confidence in 2022. And I think you saw that carry into this start to start, as we mentioned, the Braves had to have out of him to match those zeros with Zach Wheeler. They did. And one of the big things that really worked for the Braves in this game as well was their defense. Kyle Wright's last inning was the sixth. That's when he closed things out. And what a play by Dansby Swanson to finish off that inning. He was way out there in left center field. I heard Dansby talking about it after the game. He said he, he just stole one peek at Eddie Rosario and kind of got the feeling of, hey, it's your ball or it's nobody's in terms of what Rosario's eyes were telling Dansby. And he was able to, to just book it out there, make this incredible catch over the shoulder, diving out in the left center field. Michael Harris, the second, was, was un, in position there as well. But I don't know that he's going to be able to get to it. And then Dansby just able to make one of the many, many plays that it just felt like the Braves needed in this game. They needed to go out there defensively, show out. They needed that good starting pitching performance. They needed the bullpen to step up, the guys that we expect that we'll talk about in just a bit. And, of course, they needed the timely hit. So all of that came together. All of it was working and it helped the Braves net this 3 nothing win. Now, I want to just let you know about a new sponsor that we have because I feel like it can be a real hassle to have to change shirts and go from one activity to another. I should know because I've changed shirts since coming home from the ballpark today, but our friends at Roan, they've got you covered with a commuter shirt, which can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your order at roan.com slash locked on. Make sure you use that coupon code locked on. Let them know that you heard about us or heard about them from locked on Braves and the postcast right here 
as part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Uh, with with that said, I mean, the Braves, I mean, there were a lot of guys, I think, uh, maybe wearing a few different hats in this one in terms of the kind of performances that you needed from different players that maybe you didn't see in game one. We talked a little bit about Dansby's defense, but he was in the middle of a rally that got started with two outs in the bottom half of the sixth inning with, of all things, a hit-by-pitch. Ronald Acuna Jr. got caught on the inside of the back elbow, his right elbow, with a 96, 97-mile-an-hour fastball from Zach Wheeler. Jake, he was in significant pain. I was kind of wondering, the longer it went on, is Ronald going to be able to stay in this game? But uh, come to find out, and, and Ronald said it afterwards, there was no way I was coming out of that game, and it feels like that little thing just was the spark that lit that fuse, and the Braves' offense, with some two-out hits, put three runs on the board for Kyle Wright in the bullpen to work with. Yeah, first of all, scary moment for Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, yep. 96, right there on the arm. You mentioned it, down for a while. Didn't think he'd be able to stay in the game, but loved what he said after the game. I already missed one postseason. I'm not missing another yep. one. This guy is hungry. If there's anybody out there that still questions the toughness of Ronald Acuna Jr. and his mentality, I think I think you're just you're clueless at this point. This guy wants to play. He's hungry. He stuck around in this game because he wants to win. So I love that from Acuna, and I hope he's okay. Look, he's, he's saying all the right things, and I know they said there's no structural damage, but I hope there is no lingering effects from this because he has worked so hard to get here. He's had such a frustrating season coming back from that injury. You know, I just want him to be fully healthy, and he's looked good. I mean, he's gotten he got on he had the first hit of the game tonight for the Braves, and mm -hmm. then obviously he got the hit by pitch to get this rally started, but. Wheeler just wasn't the same after that. Like, I don't know if that hit by pitch had an effect on him or not. Obviously, a long delay with Acuna, you know, being attended to. But then he comes out and walks Dansby, his only walk of the night. And then, you know, just some a good job by the Braves hitters to put the ball in play. Not necessarily any of them hit hard, but, you know, what they didn't do in game one with two oh, outs, they, yeah, they, they put it, they did it in game two, just put the ball in play, uh, you know, a ball from Olsen that, Hoskins probably should catch. I mean, if it's my first baseman, I want him making that play, but put the ball in play and hit it relatively hard and was able to, to get through there. And then Riley, you know, gets a, a swinging bunt that rolls up the third baseline. So a little bit of fortune there. And then a great at bat by Travis Darno. They were getting him with that high fastball. He had just swung at it. Then he took it. He fouled off a, a tough curveball away and then was able to hang back on that slider and get it up the middle for a big third run. So again, just polar opposite of what you didn't see in game one, you saw in game two in that sixth inning. And it all started with that hit by pitch. And all of those hits coming with two outs because that hit by pitch, I mean, the bases were clear. You mentioned Wheeler was throwing a one hitter. Acuna was the only guy that had gotten on base against him. And, you know, as far as walks are concerned, I talked about this yesterday on the postcast after game one, that Zach Wheeler was going to be tough because he's not going to give you many free passes or put anybody on. You're going to have to hit your way on against him. Well, a hit-by-pitch and a walk helped the Braves to put a couple of runners on, and then you got the good fortune of the batted ball luck, we'll call it that, especially with Olsen and Riley, and then the great at-bat by Darno that capped off that three-run inning. Speaking of great things that come in threes, the Braves utilized their three relievers to come in and really close things down. The high-leverage arms that we have come to see is kind of the script for the final three innings. It was A.J. Minter, then it was Rysel Iglesias, and Kenley Jansen. Those three men combined for three scoreless, one hit, no walks, and two strikeouts. And each one of them, I feel like, just looked you know, right at home in the roles that they have carved out here. And I think you have to feel pretty good about what the Braves have put together, not just in the back end of the bullpen, but some of the guys that helped get them there as well. But when you get six great innings from Kyle Wright like this, I think the Braves have got exactly what they want as far as that formula for closing down a game. 
Yeah, and even look, you can go five innings and turn it over to McHugh in the sixth and then go to those three. And the way that Kyle Wright was pitching, especially when they got those three runs, I'd have been confident in him going back out there. But when you got that bullpen, and as good as they have been, there's no messing around in these postseason games. So Snicker going to them, and and they were great. You know, Iglesias gave up that one-out single to Segura, who just gets tons of hits against the Braves continually. But, you know, was able to settle in after that, blew away Schwarber with a fastball down the middle. And then Jansen got Harper out twice in the inning. So, uh, I mean, a, a, you know, a stress-free ninth inning for Jansen, who's, who's really been great down the stretch. I mean, that is, that is the formula. You know, your starter gives you five, six good innings and you leave with the game tied or a lead. You got to feel really good about your chances of the Braves coming away with a win. Yeah, we may have to give Mother Nature a save in this game. We may have to credit Kenley Jansen with a four-out save since he had to get Harper out twice. I agree that was kind of a, a bizarre play back at the net. It looked like an out to me, but, you know, I have no faith in Major League Baseball's replay process. But good for Kenley Jansen. Finish it with a flourish. Finish it with a strikeout. Send everybody home happy. And that crowd out there at Truist Park, I mean, they brought the noise. They brought the energy. And you would think sitting around for not just a three-hour rain delay past the first pitch time, but – these folks had already showed up. I mean, I got to the ballpark at you know before noon on this day, and it was a long, long day in game two for a lot of the fans that showed up at the battery just to be ready, anticipating that 4.30 start time. That didn't happen, but it did not stop that from being, you know, the October magic and the October atmosphere that you remember in 2021. It carried right on over to 2022 as the Braves even up this series at a game apiece, heading into game three against the Philadelphia Phillies. And the series will be shifting up to Citizens Bank Park as well. We'll preview game three for you in a moment, but let me let you know about our friends over at Built Bar, because whether you need a snack for a workout, late night treat, or just to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. So ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Head on over to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You'll get 15% off your order there. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. For 15% off your order at built.com. They got a great assortment over there, so find yourself something to enjoy today. Now, the Braves are looking to enjoy an off day as they head up to Philadelphia on Thursday afternoon. They will get in and you know get settled and get ready for Friday night. And they've got a big one waiting for him, Jake, as far as big game pitchers are concerned. It's going to be Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. 11 and 13 in the regular season. Do not let that record fool you. He is, I think, perennially a Cy Young Award candidate. 325 ERA, 200-plus strikeouts for him. Again, very good against Atlanta this season, at least good enough, I would say, for the Phillies to feel pretty good about putting him out there. But uh, there's a little bit of intrigue because Brian Snitker was noncommittal about who's going to be starting Game 3 for Atlanta. We know Spencer Strider's on the NLDS roster, so you know that he is one of the options. You know Charlie Morton, obviously, is on the roster and one of the options. And Snit said they're still kind of chewing on that and trying to figure out exactly how they want to go. Um, I don't know what the smart money's on, but uh, those are two guys that had very different series or very different head-to-head matchups against the Philadelphia Phillies this year. Strider was dominant. Charlie Morton, he did not have as much luck against his Phillies lineup. So uh, what do you make of this, and uh, what can we expect in Game 3? Because really, until the Braves make a decision, it's hard to know which way to go as we preview this game. For me, if Spencer Strider's healthy, he's your he's your option. And I think the biggest thing right now the Braves are trying to figure out is how much can they get out of him. I mean, luckily, you get the day off, right pitch, six innings, so most of the bullpen's very fresh. I mean, if Strider is only able to give you three, you could you know p- piece it together with McHugh and Lee and then hopefully get to that back end with a lead. Yeah. So 
for me, if Strider's healthy, he's the guy. He's a dominant type of pitcher. He's had good success against the Phillies. So for me, that would be the choice of healthy. And obviously he's going to pitch. But I feel pretty confident with Charlie Morton. Look, he has a lot of strikeout potential as well, which plays up in the postseason. The thing that worries me the most about Charlie Morton is he's given up a lot of home runs this year. And while the Phillies haven't done that yet in this series, you know it's coming. And, you know, with the way that, that Charlie's given up the home run ball this year, that as a little bit of a concern for me, especially in a ballpark where, you know, the ball does travel. It's going to be a late afternoon game. Not sure exactly what the weather will be like, but sure. that's the one concern there. As far as, you know, on the opposite side, Aaron Nola, very kind of similar, actually, to Charlie Morton this year. His last nine starts have been up and down. It's five earned, zero earned, eight earned, one earned, zero earned, four earned. I mean, it's it's either been really good or, you know, not so good. And that's kind of what we've seen from Charlie Morton this year. So it'd be interesting to see if those two go up against each other, you know, who's who has it that day. And, you know, the Braves have had some success off Nola this year. They've scored four earned, five earned, four earned against him in three of his five starts. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously very familiar with him. You got to face good pitching in the postseason. Nola certainly is good. It'll be a tough challenge, but you know, I feel good about the Braves' chances, whether it's Strider or Charlie Morton on the mound. Yeah, and you, I feel like with Spencer Strider, I mean, and I'm just kind of speculating just based on the long layoff that Spencer's going to have had at this point of three or so weeks, maybe a little bit more than three weeks since his last big league start. I know he had to have a period of rest to make sure that the uh, that the oblique was going to respond properly. Then, of course, you kind of ramp up, do some throwing. The bullpens have been positive, and everything that you hear about it is that things are pointed in the right direction for him. But how many pitches can you ask of him? I would be inclined to imagine somewhere around 75 to 80 pitches might be kind of an ambitious total for him. I'd be a little surprised to see him go over that, but you can't rule it out because the Braves and, of course, Spencer Strider know his his body and what he's able to do a little bit better than I do. But it was very encouraging to hear Spencer say that he feels stronger now than at times he's felt throughout the season just because we know going through that 162, even as a, a starting pitcher who only starts every fifth day, he's still thrown the most innings of any year in his professional or amateur career. So he has you know been getting, it's I guess, indoctrinated to what the major league life is going to be like and the ups and the downs and all the things that you have to navigate physically to get through that season. So to hear him say that, you know, following this little bit of rest, that he's feeling good and recharged and rejuvenated, perhaps he can give you a little bit more than that. But that's kind of what I had in mind. And, of course, I think you said everything you need to say about Charlie Morton. It's been a very up-and-down season for him. Home run ball has been a problem for him. 28 allowed this year. A bunch of them allowed to the Phillies. On the other side, Aaron Nola, 3-2 and two in those five starts, 367 ERA. 41 punch outs in 34 and a third innings against the Braves, just seven walks, has allowed five home runs. But, you know, he's been better away, actually, from Citizens Bank Park this year than he's been at home. But not that much of a discrepancy to where I feel like that's much that goes in the Braves' advantage. So all of that said, it's going to be interesting to see what this pitching matchup will be. We know half of it. It's Aaron Nola for the Philadelphia Phillies. It's Charlie Morton for the Atlanta Braves in Game 3 on Friday. 4.37 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch at Citizens Bank Park. That's going to wrap us up on this edition of the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified whenever we drop a new episode. And be sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Not only are you going to be getting this postcast, but Jake, uh, tell the folks about the live stream that you'll be doing uh, following the conclusion of Game 3 in advance of us jumping on doing this postcast as well. 
Yeah, I've been jumping live on uh, YouTube and Restream right after each and every postseason game so far. Going to continue to do it through the postseason. So make sure you look out for that link. I'll tweet it out if you want to follow me at shortstopball or follow Locked On, Bra- Locked On underscore Braves to get that link as soon as the game ends and jump in and, and chat, and we'll talk about the game and react together. All right, I encourage you to do that. Once again, the Braves, 3-0 winners over the Phillies to even up the NLDS at a game apiece. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Thanks for joining us on the Braves Postcast. We'll talk to you on Friday. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 